0: Everybody, grab your Bible and a pencil and a journal and maybe even a cup of coffee and join in on our conversation. But first, I would like for you to write this down Galatians 3, verses 7 through 9, and then verse 29. Therefore, be sure that it is those who are of faith who are sons of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God was justified, the Gentiles by faith preached the gospel beforehand. To Abraham saying all the nations shall be blessed in you so then those who are in faith are blessed with Abraham the believer verse 29 and if you belong to Christ then you are Abraham's offspring heirs according to the promise
1: Everyone, Welcome to Write This Down with Dot Bowen. My name is Kara. I am Dot's daughter, and we sit down together every week and we talk through truth and scripture, and we are continuing to talk about some questions that we were given. And I will say, I think I said this last week, but we actually love doing this. We love answering questions that you guys have, and we love bringing you guys into the, our conversation. So, there's ever a time when you're sitting down with the Lord or just something that comes up while you're reading the Bible or in prayer or just something you've always wondered or something that we talk about on an episode that you would like for us to maybe dig into more, we would love to get you guys' questions. And you can do that by sending them to hello at And we actually have that in the description of every episode. So feel free to do that at any point throughout the year. We, we love hearing from you guys and bringing you into the conversation through your questions. So all that being said, We answer a few questions in this episode, and they really range in topic. There's really no way that I could sum up what these questions dive into, but we would love for you to pull up a chair and join in our conversation. Hey, Kara. Here we go. Question time part two.
0: I really like these. I love these. Well, I love it because I feel like there are other – people in our conversation. I'm not saying that yes. I don't love just uh, having a conversation with you, but I love it.
1: No, but I, it's nice to have someone else in the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I some of these questions I never would have thought to yeah, ask.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So yeah, I do. I loved it too. So I know that we would love it even for anyone listening, if there's ever a question that comes up in their reading or just, you know, with the Lord, yeah, that absolutely, yeah. we would love to tackle it have a conversation
0: about it. Have a conversation. And as I always say, you write it down and everything that we say and talk about, whatever kind of like gets your attention, you write it down and then you ask God if what we're saying is true. And I believe that God will speak to them through the word and, you know, we've given them some scripture and then go in and actually talk to God about it. But these are some of the things that I've learned and I just pass it on to in this conversation.
1: Yeah, and hopefully we'll answer the questions. So, okay, so we have three questions today. Okay, that's a lot. And there's nothing in common with any of them.
0: (laughs) Okay. They're just kind of all over the place. Yeah, okay.
1: But maybe they'll make it fun. So, the first question, this actually, this is a a question that it somewhat pertains to Joshua a little bit Mm -hmm. because it has to do with the promised land. So, this is actually kind of the last, this is the farewell question for Joshua. So, the question is, why is the promised Land so important? Is it a symbolism of his promises to be with him?
0: Well that is a good question, and really and truly, the promised land isn't that important. It was never oh. about the, the land mm-hmm. Abraham, thought it was about the land.
1: That was the whole thing. They
0: left Egypt to go get the land they did they did. They left Egypt and in the promised land was you know unfolded and given. Through Moses and then through Joshua, actually. Joshua was who led them to the promised land. But right. it was never really about the promised land as much as it was about God, who was the promiser. It was about, it was trusting God. Abraham believed God and, and went out and moved toward to the land that God promised them. Ironically, I find it really interesting in the fact that God did tell, you know, Abraham that his descendants would be, you know, in bondage, you know, for 40 years, and they would be enslaved, and this comes true, and then that's where we get into Exodus, because, you know, that was in Genesis, and then we get into Exodus, and Moses is being, you know, called by God to lead the people to the promised land. The promised land was the land that was promised by God to Abraham. And it was to spread the the people out. It was to be able to take the tribes, the twelve tribes, and divide mm-hmm. the land and and give it to them. And so the promised land is important as far as the fact that God, you know, from the very beginning, uh, told the people to multiply and to spread. Mm-hmm. You remember in the Tower of Babel, where he said you need to oh you know, yeah way back spread out yeah. And so it it is about part about. Getting God's people to spread and to be multiply, and, and, and it was a
1: good land. So it was like, oh yeah, it yeah, was absolutely. flowing with milk and honey. Like it was a land mm-hmm. that provided a lot of what mm-hmm. they needed in
0: terms of right. resources. Exactly, and and so really and truly, to a Jewish person and to the Israelites, especially the Israelites, the first generation, it was getting them out of bondage and getting them to this land that they were better land. So the promised land to them was great. It was a new way of living. Yeah. It was, you know, a wonderful thing. To us, as we read about the promised land and stuff, you know, that God has told Abraham, it, it is important to us because we see who God is, that God told Abraham long time ago that his people were going to be enslaved and that mm-hmm. he was going to, you know, set them free. And then time goes by, long, a lot of time, and God does what He says He's going to do. So to us, as we look at that, where we find value in that as a believer is to know that God is a God that fulfills His promises. So it's not so much about the promised yes. land as it is that God is very faithful to His promise.
1: For the Israelites in the Old Testament and Mm-hmm. Joshua, for them, it was important because it was the new life It was mm-hmm. walking into what God has for them, what God promised them. But for us, it more so just says it really shows that God will do whatever it takes to mm-hmm. do what He says he's going to do, because like you said he said it to Abraham, and then you know, Abraham had to have Isaac and then Jacob, which was Israel, and you know, there was a lot, and then with whole you know, there's just, there's a lot that happens in order for the promised land to happen. So it's kind of like, you know, why I love reading the Bible in its entirety. I love seeing like this, God does all of this just to be with us. And I think similar mm-hmm. to the promised land, it just shows like he will do whatever it takes to fulfill his word and to do what he said he will do.
0: Exactly. And I, I think I love that. for us, how and for us, the New Testament, believe it, the way that it, this connects us, when I read the the verses in Galatians, it's talking about all the things that God has promised Abraham as an heir, as a born-again believer, born-again child of God, what God has promised Abraham, like, I'll, ne- I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you, I'm a God of, of my word, I, you know, what I say, I'm going to do, I'm going to do. Those are some of the things that are like promises to us that we can you know, grab hold of. Now, Paul talks about the inheritance, and in Galatians and Ephesians, you and Colossians, you're going to see a lot about the inheritance that as a as a follower of Jesus. And it says in Ephesians one verse three, it says, "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, and because that we are in Christ, born again." Then we inherited the blessings that God has for his people, and we're not going to worry about the land. We're not worrying about that you know where we're going to live, yeah, obviously. it's not about the promised land when we're talking about the Canaan, you know, that's not what we're talking about. But when Paul's talking and writing these letters to the Church of Ephesus and Galatia. What he was saying is everything that was—because they were Jewish people. So everything that God had promised Abraham of who he is, I will be your great reward, those as a promise. So we can claim that as a child of God and know that the same God that blessed Abraham, that blessed the Israelites that were faithful to his promise, that offered new life and a better life— that's what we have is a new life and a better life in Christ. And that's where there's a importance, I think, for a child of God and a follower of Jesus to understand what your inheritance is. And that is, Jesus said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. He said, i hear your prayers and, and all these things, and I'll bless you, I'll use you, and I'll give you life abundantly. So even though we don't have like the promised land, of, but we are free God has you know, set us free from bondage, but that our life in Christ is life abundantly. So, where the promised land was this fullness of God, it was milk and honey, as you were saying, it was a great life. Then we have a new life in Christ. So that's where it kind of is important, you know, to us as a as a child of God. So I, I think that that's how that that connects. I think that answers that question. Yeah,
1: I think you definitely did. Okay, so the next question, the second question, it says the number three is repetitive in the Bible. And then they list Mm -hmm. some examples of that. Is there significance to the number three being
0: repetitive? Well, I think you're going to be surprised what I'm about to say. So obviously, you know, we talk about often, scripture tells us that God is one God, you know, made up of three, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And so there's, this big emphasis a lot about the three, the Trinity, mm-hmm. and there are a lot of very popular numbers and people that have really believed that there are a lot of symbolic meanings to the mm-hmm. number. There's well, like one, seven or forty, three, earlier. five, right. yeah, seven, ten, twelve, forty. You know, well,
1: good that's yeah. you know, yeah.
0: I mean, there's a lot of them. Forty generations, you know, and they're usually have been assigned to these numbers either it's been unity. Perfection, seven, I think was perfection or completion. I think seven may be completion and generation. It was, you know, 12 generations, the 12 tribes, you know, those kind of things, 40 generations, those kind of things. So,
1: what about, but three in particular, which is what?
0: Three in particular. Well, she wanted to know is it a symbolism or is is that? Yeah, is there a significance? Significant to that. And no, it's not. In the scripture, the only number that We find in Scripture that tells us the meaning of it is 666, and that is in Revelation 13, 18, and it's the Antichrist.
1: So you don't think there's any significance in the number three?
0: No, I don't. I think you can notice—
1: Like, it may be more of, like, repetitive in terms of maybe maybe solidifying a point or something. I don't know if that's Mm -hmm. even—I'm making this up. I don't know. I haven't researched this, but— because I feel like there's probably, there's maybe the right word would be intention. There's probably intention in like 12, like, and again, I know they're asking about three, but mm-hmm. I think there's probably intention behind there's 12 tribes of Israel and there are 12 disciples. Mm-hmm. I think that probably was intentional. And we don't, we are not told that, but we can look that as like, that was yeah. significant. That doesn't mean the number 12 was significant, but I I don't know. I, I see that as a parallel. There's like, yeah. I, I assume there's probably intention in that of there's a very specific well, reason because God is intentional.
0: Okay, so now that you brought that up so the 12 disciples and there's 12 tribes. Okay. When we talk, get in Revelation and they talk about the 24 people sitting around the throne, a lot of people think that's the 12 disciples and the 12, and tribes. Then the 12 tribes. But we don't know that. So, yeah. again, we want to just make it clear, yes, you can underline and pay attention to the you know the numbers. Right. I mean you know if that makes if that is something you really love three you know Jesus was in the grave for three days and yeah those kind of things.
1: I'm laughing because I know you don't. This is not your thing. If you it's not, not um, if it's not in the Bible, <laughs> that's
0: right. I know I am going. I, I know six 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 yeah, and I do not want six six six. But but I do
1: think it's I I notice numbers in the Bible. I mean do. I, I do. And again, it's not, I don't think that there's significant in the number. If there were, like you said, like there's significance in 666 and he, it is, we are told, you know, why that is significant, which I don't know. It's like the mark of the Antichrist. Is that right?
0: Yeah. The mark of the beast. Mark of the
1: beast. Or yeah. 666. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I do think that there is, I don't know, it is, it is interesting that it's repetitive, but I guess it's like, we don't. We don't know if there's significance.
0: You just don't want to attach a meaning to something that yeah. the Bible does not attach to meaning. But you're right. Everything that's written in the Bible is has a point. You know, Right. There's probably an ins-
1: intention, intention behind right. it, but we just yeah. don't know. We don't know if there's significance. There may be.
0: Well, a lot of people like say, you know, I'm going to pray for seven days. Or I'm going to pray for three days and expect God to do a miracle because he rescued Jonah from the well, you know. And, yeah. And, Those I I think that, you know, this was my research and and that over the years of what I've found has been that, and I'm just going to read this, it says, the modern list of symbolic meanings of the biblical use of numbers were mostly closely followed the system of meanings proposed by the 6th century B.C. Greek mathematician and philosopher. But the bad thing is that he also founded a religious cult with the belief that the real world was the realm of numbers and that those numbers explain why the physical world is the way it is instead of seeing God as creator. And he speculated on the mystic and symbolic properties of numbers. And so I think, you know, the Gnostics, that was a belief that was coming into the church that was false teachers. Mm -hmm. And the early church fathers were, you know, kind of influenced by that heresy. But... I think if you want to, you know, notice the numbers, I, I don't think anything's wrong with that, but. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: like I think that is like three days in the grave, three days, you know, Jonah was in the, you know, like there's, there definitely is a repetitiveness in that, which is like what the question says, but.
0: But it wouldn't look for a meaning or look for something that you feel like God is saying to you because you see these numbers. It's. You just have to be careful of that. Mm-hmm. Like taking something out of the Bible
1: and putting it in our life that to make it mean something that God's like, I, ne- I did not say that mm-hmm. this right. means whatever. But, but yes, yeah, so if you want to see like the repetitiveness and make note of that you know because I do think there's that where you know like seven and three I think both not perfection but like completion or like there's Mm kind of maybe some meaning behind not meaning that's not the right word but a lot of things were completed in three days or seven days Mm -hmm. or whatever so okay is there anything else on that
0: one I don't want to slap somebody's hand that says, "Oh my gosh, I love watching and paying attention how numbers are."
1: Which and I do. I I think it's interesting. Like I I think it is interesting that he there's twelve disciples and twelve tribes. Mm-hmm. Of, I just think to mm-hmm. me that shows. I like pointing to that and seeing how detailed the Lord is. Like I think mm-hmm. it shows that He is so detailed in how many days or how long or this or that. And I think that's why I like noticing those details because I think, yeah, I think he is really detailed and how he operates in our own lives today. But yes, I'm not gonna take that and be like, okay, I'm gonna almost like name and a claim. And I'm not gonna say like I'm gonna take three days or take three in my life and assume, you know, like mm-hmm. I could say like, oh, I'm gonna be married at 30 because it's three or something, you know, like and then right. I would have been, you know, yeah you know, disappointed. Obviously it didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> I just <laughs> well, mean ahead. like I, I think, yeah, yeah, like there's a fine line of you can look at that and see like there's intention or you know mm-hmm. whatever god's wanting to show you but we can't just say like oh this means this so i'm going to take it and put it in my life and be like mm-hmm. you know put a meaning behind it that god didn't put it right meaning. like
0: exactly I think that's you don't point. want to put something yeah i don't want you yeah. don't want to add to scripture yes so it's just one of those things where i think if that's something you started you know noticing and seeing how you know jesus was you know in the grave for three days there's you know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Jonah was in the belly of the well for three days. Right. He came out, you know, Jesus clearly said, you know, about Jonah, the sign of Jonah, that that was going to be, you know, the sign to this unbelieving Mm -hmm. generation, which was meaning that God was going to come out of, you know, out of the grave for, you know, in three days. So there, you know, there are things that you can look at those numbers and see it. You just don't want to. Take it more than what is there.
1: The last question, <laughs> which I mean, these three questions are so across. Which I think I don't know makes it for a fun, yeah, fun time. So this woman is asking, can you be in a relationship, specifically a marriage, with a husband who doesn't want to follow Jesus? I'm more so laughing because I'm like, I know you, I know you love answering. Personal relational <laughs> questions,
0: like yes. This. As I stand before God, forgive a reason of account of what I say. I feel like there's yeah. so
1: many factors, and that's where and this is. And you know, someone asked it, so we will talk about it. But I do think I, I feel like you would say the same thing where it's like every situation is different. Mm. So I don't know what you're going to say, but it's like I know when you talk about your own story, you're like, This is what. This is my, you know, my story. This is what, my story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How
0: God rescued my marriage. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I don't know how you answer it, but I just know that is one thing when it's hard. It's difficult with a relationship to have mm-hmm. questions because there's so many factors we don't know. All we're seeing is a question on a piece of
0: paper. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I don't know their story. And, right. you know, if, if he was beating her every night and, you know, her life was in danger. But if you're looking at just the question, which is what we're going to do. Yes, we are. Okay, so can someone be in a marriage with an unbeliever or a person? And and that's another thing too, is that I, when you was reading that, I was thinking, well, if you're married, you're in a relationship. So that you know, let's close in prayer because yeah, you you're are in a marriage. marriage. Yeah. But if if it's you know an unbeliever, now Paul does talk about this, and uh, whoever you know is interested in this conversation can look in First uh, Corinthians seven verses 12 through 16. Write that down. 1 Corinthians 7, 12 through 16. And he does answer these questions, but should a Christian divorce an unbelieving spouse? No. If an unbeliever wishes to stay in a marriage, it should continue. And I think that Paul talks about being a witness. I mean, I know lots of wives that have been married to someone that was an unbeliever. And over time, they came to be. I, mean.
1: I know. I mean, one of my closest friends is, she's in this situation in terms of she's a believer and her husband is not. Um, but in her situation, she became a believer after they got married. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if like that, and maybe that that doesn't matter in terms of if you're married, you're married. And there's, I mean, I don't know, but that's their situation. Well,
0: I will say this is not going to be easy. It's not no, going to be easy because not. you are going in opposite directions. If you're a, a, a believer and your your life is to want to follow Christ and you're married to someone that's not wanting to, it's not going to be easy. But you do have the Holy Spirit to empower you.
1: Yes. And I'm, I know even that's my friend's story where she's it's made her walk stronger because of how much she has to rely. I mean, she you know, she's experienced mm-hmm. it in a different way than, you know, I have to. But um I will say though, I And again, maybe it doesn't make a difference in terms of the question of can you be in a marriage with a spouse who doesn't Mm -hmm. want to follow Jesus? I don't know if like that to me feels like a a difference in the question of like there's someone who's just not a believer versus someone who they don't want to follow Jesus. Like they are, you know, like maybe they have emotion to like, I do not want to follow Jesus. Like they very – very much stiff hand, or very much want nothing to do with Jesus. I don't know. Like part of me, like kind of wonders if that's what the question is, because of, it, of just the wording of who doesn't want to follow Jesus versus who isn't following Jesus. But maybe it doesn't matter. Make a difference in what your answer would be.
0: Well, I know that in 2 Corinthians six verses fourteen seventeen that Paul warns Christians not to be yoked together with unbelievers, and so that you know when you are you're going to have to reap the consequences of that. doesn't mean right. that, like with your friend, I mean, they were both unbelievers, so they were not unequally yoked.
1: Right, they weren't when they got married, which is, I feel like it, it, it is a difference, and, and it may be a difference in quote-unquote consequences because they were equally yoked when they got married. <laughs> They're just not anymore.
0: I think a lot of it has to do with the, the unbeliever. If the unbeliever, based on what Paul's teaching, wants to leave, then the believer is not to stop them. But
1: but if they want to stay married, then the believers then to yes, stay married. Yes,
0: that's right. And mm-hmm. I think that if you take the scripture as a whole, you know we know that God told Hosea to go and marry a prostitute, and this is true. Honestly, it's that whole
1: that, that book Redeeming Love like, that is so popular. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Exactly, and you know when you read the story, there's a reason because God is using her. As an example of the Israelites, the Jewish people who had lost their first love, who had walked away from from him. So, but yeah, it was this parallel of Hosea is going to continue to
1: pursue this woman who, just like God, pursues his people. That's a very specific, that goes back to like, Hosea was the one who was called.
0: <laughs> yes, not you. Yes. And, you know, it's just the same specific, God asked Sarah to get pregnant at 90. He's right. not calling yes. you to do that. So I, I think that the thing that we really need to concentrate on here is the fact of the wife that she needs to be. And she needs to represent who God is. She needs to love unconditionally. She needs to forgive unconditionally for her sake, just for her relationship with God, not mm-hmm. her relationship with her husband. That will benefit. I think that if she is you know, the wife that glorifies God in her life, and she is praying for her husband. There's so many stories of how you know an unbelieving husband came to know the Lord because a believing wife prayed and prayed. I have a situation. I have a friend that she became a believer. It was kind of like your friend in the fact that they were both lost. They were both unbelievers when they got married, and she came to know the Lord, and and he didn't. And every time he would open up his Drawer and get his underwear out. There'd be a verse there. Every time he tried to put a shoe on, he'd feel something. There'd be a verse in there, you know. And so she was going to win him over. Wow. Yes, so she was not subtle. No, she was <laughs> going to win him over. Unfortunately, that does not go over well because I was about to say, can you
1: imagine if you did that to Dad, who is a believer? oh no,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even at that, well, he'd probably love the verse. Well, that's true. Yeah. yeah, but what happened was this: this man said to us, because, you know, we knew them, and he said to Howard privately, if I came to know Jesus, I wouldn't tell her, because <laughs> it would be like her winning, you know. Well, yeah. ironically, you know, it was like a, you know, I'm, I'm determined to save him. And you know what? We can't make anyone godly. We can't save anyone, but we know who can, and we can pray right. toward that end. And He did come to know the Lord and, I mean, really gave his whole life to the Lord and a a godly man now. And he, you know, ended up realizing that that was pride and, you know, he did tell her. But I'm just saying, I think we have to, you know, understand that it's only God that saves. Our responsibility to be faithful to what God's called us to do, and that is to be a light in a dark world I would say instead of concentrating on should I stay married to somebody that won't follow Jesus, I think I would concentrate more about how can I be faithful to God in this situation? How can I show him what a true believer is? And how can I represent and show Christ and be a light in this dark situation? I think sometimes we're looking for a way out and that, you know, you. you're looking through scripture to trying to find a way out to get out of a marriage. And I don't think God's going to honor that either. So, you know, I don't, like I said, we've not talked to this person. It is just a question. But I I think I would more say check my own heart. I don't want to underestimate how difficult that must be. In Amos 3, it says, how can two walk together unless they agree to do so? So when you're married and you're oneness.
1: Right, it's difficult. You're not saying like suck it up buttercup like no i think the what i hear you saying is that if you are in a marriage you're married and again this is taking it for face value for the question we do not know the full situation but and if he if your spouse is not a believer but they still want to be married to you then you remain married like basically you do everything you can to make the marriage work regardless
0: and that's true it's both of you are believers.
1: Right. Right. And so that's what I hear. It's not a, oh, well, he's not a, or she's not a believer. And then
0: like, I get delayed,
1: Yeah. And I think it's more of like, maybe instead of looking at it, of like, and I don't even know if this person's asking it this way, but if they're, maybe they're just wanting to make sure that they are doing the right thing and saying married to this person. You know what I mean? Like they may not be looking to leave. I don't know. We don't know. This is where it's like we're literally just looking at a question on a piece of paper. But I think, yeah, it's maybe being like really digging like the Holy Spirit of like, please help me. Like, how can I show Jesus to this, Mm -hmm. to my spouse? How can I? be an example of your love how can i how can i love them how you love them mm-hmm. and obviously pray for their salvation that's what i hear you saying it's like
0: that's exactly what i'm saying and i think instead of looking at him as an unbeliever or a person that doesn't want to follow jesus have you actually know, you know said it instead of looking at him like this look at him as an opportunity to be able to express God's love and who God is through you and be the light, like to glorify God in this marriage. And I think, too, for me, just even the other day, I was, you know, with someone and, you know, I was just praying that God would let me see that person as he sees them and honor them and see that they, too, are created in his image. And he did die for them and he does love them. And, you know, just ask God to change her perspective instead of looking at him as you don't want to follow Jesus and we're married and this is hard and this is tough. That's going to make you miserable no matter what the situation. And
1: I think, too, if they're saying, you know, can you be in a marriage with someone? And I think the answer is yes, you can. Yeah, obviously you are. Right. It's it's, it's hard. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But I also think you know, all, also, this person could be single asking this question, and they're wanting to know if they sh- should marry. You
0: know what? I just thought that. Mm-hmm. So
1: maybe they're, which that would be a whole nother, oh, that would be another, a whole nother thing. other thing. recording.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Episode. Mm-hmm.
1: So I'm like, maybe we just answer this question, and they're not even married to this person.
0: Then I would say, run. That's <laughs> what I'd say.
1: Yeah, I think if you're going into a marriage, or you're not married, but if you're going into a relationship, and you're and they are not a believer, then maybe that probably wouldn't be the wisest decision.
0: (laughs) Oh, it would be a terrible decision. Yeah, it would be a terrible decision because you're entering into a oneness. You're entering into a marriage.
1: And we're talking about someone who does not follow Jesus and does not want to follow Mm -hmm. Jesus. That's right. Because I think you can be believers and— be in different walks Stages of your faith. Spiritual life. Sages yeah. of spirit. Yeah, I think that's a different question. Mm-hmm. And I think it goes back to like, well, you can be in a relationship with someone not mm-hmm. married, you can. And you mm-hmm. can also choose to marry that person and you will yeah. also probably you with will have those consequences. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: And go and talk to someone that is in that situation and don't think that your situation would be different because it, it wouldn't be. You know, I, I'm glad you brought that up into like if you're thinking about that. I I don't know again. How many times do we have to say say this? We have more disclaimers than we do. The truth probably that we're talking about this. But I do believe that you just have to think about if Christ is your life and you've given your life to him and you're wanting to do what Christ wants you to do, and you're thinking about marrying someone, that that's not at all their interest. Do you think marrying him is going to change that? You cannot make them godly
1: here's how I think of it. we can close on this is okay. as a single person who is wanting to be married to someone who is a believer, a lot of people can say they're believers, but I think what I the way I look at it is I have seen marriage is hard, mm-hmm. and if I'm going to be fighting for marriage in a marriage, I really need and want to trust that. The person I'm married to is also fighting for that marriage with a, like, they're going to the Lord, like they're seeking Mm -hmm. God and how they're going to handle a situation. They're, they're seeking God. I mean, they're, Mm -hmm. so that's how I think of it. It's like, and this isn't even the question, but if this person is single or, you know, that's kind of the, it's like, well, yeah, you can, you you can do whatever you want to do.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: But, right. But I think that's how I look at it is like, I just want to be able to trust that they are because that's what I'm going to be doing and if I'm going to be one with someone in that way like I don't want to make marriage harder than it already will
0: be yeah exactly
1: but again if you are married in the situation then God gives you the strength (laughs) you might have consequences or maybe if you got into it and it's a different situation that's where these kind of questions are so hard because we don't know the full situation
0: I just think that the bottom line is this you have to obey God and you have to trust God and when you do The the peace comes. It doesn't mean you don't have to dress up for battle. It doesn't mean it's not going to be hard. It just means that you have the Holy Spirit in you that can empower you. And I know from experience that God can give you a love for someone that you have lost love for. And I, I know that to be a fact, if you want it. If you're wanting to run, if you're wanting to leave, you're going to. You're going to look for every situation. But if you want to be the woman that God wants you to be, You pray for your husband. You pray that they'd come to know him and that you become a light in this dark situation and get your eyes off of him and put it more upon Jesus and asking God to give you the strength, you know, to endure. If you're single and you're thinking about marriage and getting into that, then I'd say no.
1: Yeah. I think what you said is a perfect way to sum it all up in that whether you're single or married, getting your eyes off of your mm-hmm. spouse and keeping it on jesus i think that's yeah. just that's just a good the bottom on that's just a good nugget of truth right there write that down thanks for listening i'm so glad that you could be a part of our conversation to continue the conversation you can find dot on social media at dot bowen or visit her website dot com. subscribe like and share with your friends and we will see you next week on write this down with dot bowen